You're listening to a leadership message from Pastor Jurgen Matesius here at Awaken Church. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Right, uh, come with me in your Bibles, 2 Kings 4.31. 2 Kings 4.31. This, this verse, I just want to uh, bring out, most of you or all of you hopefully have had a chance to listen to my message, Signs of Life. This is kind of like the this was kind of like the trigger moment in Signs of Life. This is this is the verse, and I just want to remind you of uh, what you have, the gift that we have in the Bible, the gift that we have in the Bible. The reason the Bible is uh, an incredibly powerful gift from God is is let me just explain it is because God lives outside of time. He's not limited by time. He's not contained by time. God uses time just like we would use a, a microwave or an oven to bake something or cook something. God uses time to, to fulfill purposes. God uses time to fulfill processes. You'll, you'll read in your Bible, and it came to pass, it came to pass, in the process of time. So God uses time to process things. But God lives outside of time. And outside of time, God, God put into time his word. And his word works in this time. When people try to say to you, well, you know, the Bible really needs to be updated because, you know, it's a 2,000-year-old document, you need, to, you need to just remind them that the author does not live in time. The, 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 author, the author did not write this 2,000 years ago having no idea that we would have televisions or airplanes. or the, the God that wrote this put his stamp on it by the book of Revelation speaks about future events in a past tense. The book of Revelation talks about things that have not happened yet in a past tense like they've already happened. So the Bible never outdates the Bible never outdates. So in the Bible, you, you'll find these, these two elements, and this is kind of where I want to um, create, a, create a, a backdrop of what I want to share today. And these are the two concepts. The first thing that you will see in the Scriptures, and this came, I was, I was meeting with a pastor over the weekend, and, and he asked me the question, how do, I, how do I navigate my church through... This, this globalist agenda that has nothing to do with health and beating COVID. If that was the case, they'd be trying ivermectin. They wouldn't be, they wouldn't be putting hit pieces and lies on the media. They, they, they'd be absolutely promoting hydroxychloroquine instead of stripping it from our, our shelves, if, if it was really about that. If, if, if it was really about that, they'd realize, wow, the, the uh, vaccinations are not, are not preventing people from catching COVID. In fact, if anything, all they're doing is creating more and more variants. We need to stop this right now, but it's not about any of that. And so he's like, man, how do I, I don't even know, where do I start? And so I said to him, just go to the Old Testament, great place to start. Because you, you need to understand that there are, there are forces in play that are in play in every generation. And the first one is, is the spirit of Satan, is the spirit of evil, is the spirit of wickedness, is the spirit 
of oppression is the spirit that seeks to enslave and dominate mankind. That's the first thing that you see. It's the first thing that you see. Whether it's, uh, whether it's Nimrod building the tower, he was a hunter, not of animals, but of men. Whether it was Nimrod, whether it was Nebuchadnezzar, who built a statue 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, that everyone, when they hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, should bow down before it. Three amigos. Hey! Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow. Because they refused to bow, they did not burn. That's the generation right now. That's the test. And so, so you, will, you will see the spirit continually rising but you'll also see the response of the saints. So, so we're not lost. We're, 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 not, we're not at sea without a compass. We're not trying to navigate our world without a true north star. The, the Bible shows us over and over again that what the spirit of Satan will do and then the response of the saints. The saddest thing is that we've, we've lived in a generation that has departed from calling out evil. Somehow we feel that if we call out evil, we'll offend people. If we offend people, they won't get saved. Anyway. All right. So, so 2 Kings 4 verse 31 says, Now Gehazi went on ahead of them. And today the title of my message is the call of God. What, like what is God calling us? God's calling now Gehazi went on ahead of them, laid the, laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore, he went back to him and told him, saying, the child is not awakened. So God sees awakened as voice and hearing. If you, if, if you don't have voice or hearing, you're not awakened. It is very, very important that, that we as a church who, who have the name, who've been given the privilege of having the name Awakened Church, that it doesn't just become a really cool name, just doesn't become a really cool logo, that, that it actually, that, it, that it's a gift from God, that we recognize it as a calling from God, that we are called to be Awakened Church, that we are called to awaken a city, cities. We are called to awaken communities. We are called to awaken people. That is our assignment. And that we step into that assignment with, with a level of reverence that we, we, with privilege and at the same time, you know, that we, we do it with both hands. We jump in both feet. We put on our armor and we recognize God has called us to awaken a generation. And how do we know if we're awakening a generation? Because there's got to be voice and hearing voice and hearing seven letters to seven churches to him who has ears to hear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the churches the reason that i love our our lionheart album is because it's not that we didn't have great songs great melodies great harmonies great music great musicians in the past but 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 this album is what i felt was our musicians our songwriters were able to for me really capture that they that the, the the sermons on a Sunday were not different to the songs that we sang on the way to hearing the message. There's nothing worse than than than, than, than there's a, a word of faith, but the songs are all about my emotion and my struggle. Now I know that we go through our emotions and our struggle to get to faith, but but somewhere there's got to be a, a connection. Somewhere there's got to be an echo. Somewhere there's got to be a congruency. 
And so I found, I found that every seed I've sown is a harvest for me. I found that the songs were, were encapsulating because to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. God is never silent. God is never caught off guard. God is, God is, God is never taken by surprise. Everything that's happening right now has been before. This is the same Spirit, the same Spirit. I just got a, a, a message this morning from a friend in Germany saying, it is now forbidden to protest against the, the, the mandatory vaccinations in Germany. And, and this is a young pastor saying, I can't believe it. This is where we were 75 years ago and history repeating again. See, it's the same spirit, but because it didn't, they only recognized it in a Nazi uniform. But before the Nazi uniform, it came as Bolsheviks. Before that, it came like it's the same spirit. But because the world has no discernment, that's why, you know, there are nine gifts of the Spirit. One of them is discernment of spirits. Because the world rejects the Holy Ghost, they have no discernment of spirits. So they look on the outward appearance. Oh, well, they're not wearing, but the language of Fauci, Fauci that the language in Australia right now, the language around the world is, you know, we have uh, not detention centers, they are... Quarantine centers for those who are unvaccinated. And you have to show your papers. Show your papers. Papers, please. When you come in. And just because they're not asking you in a German accent, we think, oh, well, it's not Nazism. And it's unbelievable. People that are dear to us are just taken in by it. And it is like, oh, you don't, you don't see this? And so our job is to bring voice and hearing. We're, we're to hear what the Spirit is saying. We're to discern the signs of the times. Now come with me to, to Luke chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 14 to 23 because uh, I want us, to, I want us to, to pray, but I want us to know how to pray and what to pray for. It says, now, now he, Jesus, was casting out a demon. Luke eleven fourteen. 14. He was casting out a demon that was mute. And when the demon had gone out, the mute man spoke. And the people marveled, but some said he, ca he casts out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons. While others, to test him, kept seeking from him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a divided household falls. If Satan is also divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say that I cast out demons by Beelzebub. If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when one stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. And then he says, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. You know, when they say that Jesus wasn't divisive, all right, whoever is not with me is against me. And whoever does not gather with me scatters. Sounds pretty divisive to me. <laughs> so G Jesus here is, is giving us a, snip, a snippet of the spiritual realm. Spiritual realm. And he's saying that when a strong man fully armed guards his palace, his goods are safe. And the only way that, that we can plunder the palace, we can plunder the house is one stronger than he comes, must overpower, must overcome that strong man, 
take away the armor in which he trusted, then he is able to plunder the house. Then he's able to plunder the house. Jesus is teaching us a reality of the spiritual realm. If, if you read your Bible, which we always recommend, is very important. In, in, in both Samuel and Kings, it talks about King David. And it says this about King David. And it says, and David had subjugated or defeated the Philistines all the days of his life. And then another translation says, and God gave Israel victory over the Philistines all the days of David. David had authority over the Philistines. Every time they came, they got a whooping. Every single time they came to pick a fight, they got a whooping. They got a whooping. They got a whooping. They got a whooping. Throughout the days of David. Nothing in the Bible is in there by accident. Why, why would David have such incredible authority and victory over the Philistines? Very simple, because as a 16-year-old kid, he took out the strong man. Goliath was the champion of Gath, the lead city of the Philistines. And when David took down the strong man, he got authority over the city. He got authority over the territory. He got authority over the region. Our assignment in San Diego, our assignment in Salt Lake City is to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, absolutely, we'll kick, the, we'll kick Nussolini out and, you know, we're going to do the same in San Diego. Fletcher runs next year, so we're, we'll, we'll leave that to next year. We'll, we'll, we'll begin it now, but he's going next year. But who are we going for right now? What's that? Laura Rima, that's so she's low hanging fruit. Bam, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna begin to clean up our city. So absolutely, we recognize. And you say, well, hang on. I, I thought our flesh, our wrestle wasn't against flesh and blood. It's not. We recognize that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood. It's against demonic forces. But these people have embraced those demonic forces because they've rejected the spirit of God. And so they are operating in, they are taking God's authority, but they are operating in wickedness, not in righteousness. Therefore, as the church, our job, given authority, is to come and bind that spirit and evict that person. Put somebody in God's righteous authority that honors God and walks with God. Can somebody say amen? So, so our job in our cities is to identify what are the strong men? What are, what, what are the demonic princes? So the apostle Paul says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and stand therefore against all the wiles of the enemy. The helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking up the shield of faith by which you're able to extinguish some, most, Come on, all the fiery darts of the evil one, taking up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The, the, the word of God is our weapon. It is the sword of the spirit. It's how we cut off the heads of Goliath with the sword. And so, and then the, then the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against thrones and dominions, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness, in the heavenly realms. So Satan has, has occupied the heavenly realm. There is a wrestle over every city. 
for, for authority, for power. Satan seeks that authority to destroy. He seeks that authority to subjugate. He seeks that authority to enslave. Our job, our job is to go to war with the devil and evict him from those places and bring righteousness, bring justice, put those in power that honor God. When, when that happens, peace comes over the city. The problem, though, with peace over a city is that that peace often produces complacency. And so we see wickedness continually comes in again while the church was complacent. I thank God that God is waking up the church. I thank God that God is waking up the church. So God, God gives us authority in the heavenly realm. How many people know that we've got a song called Authority? You have given me authority, written by this beautiful young lady's husband. And uh, God, God has given us authority. But he also gives us wisdom. And so I just, I just want to, to speak for a moment that, that God gives us wisdom and authority. He gives us authority and wisdom. The Bible says in Proverbs, I think it's 21, 22, it says that the wise man scales the city of the mighty and brings down the trusted stronghold. It doesn't say the strong man. It says the wise man scales the city of the mighty. You were taught in school that, that uh, evolution, natural selection, is that the strong rules over the weak. The strong rules over the weak. That, you know, the lion kills the gazelle. The strong rules over the weak. That human history is the strong rules over the weak. But that's not human history. If you actually study human history, what you're being taught in school through evolution is unbelievably incorrect. Many, many times the strongest armies did not prevail. Many, many times Alexander the Great was outnumbered 10 to 1, 30 to 1, 100 to 1 when he went into battle. But because he was such a brilliant, studied under Aristotle, under Plato, because he was, he, was, he was so brilliant with strategy, he would use wisdom where the other, the, uh, uh, other opposing army were using strength. Wisdom always overcomes strength. The two strongest people in the battle between David and Goliath, David wasn't stronger than Goliath. But he had the wisdom to call upon the name of the Lord. He had the wisdom to know, I don't even need any armor, because I can hit him from a distance. I can paralyze him from a distance with a stone in my sling. Wisdom always prevails. God has called us to understand that we have authority. But what we want to walk in is we want to walk in wisdom. Because our job is to take down the strongholds over our city. So that's why, that's why rather than get called up into uh, going after recalling Fletcher... We realize, no, no, let's go after Rhema because we can begin to just pull from the fabric here and it's all going to fall apart. We got you next year. The reason I'm voting for Larry Elder, now I know that there are more saint-like, more holy people who are running. But, but, but it's, it's about breaking the grip of Democrat stronghold that are plundering our city. I would have no problem. I have no, no problem whether it's Democrat or Republican. I love JFK. JFK, hero, Democrat. So in case you think he's just a crazy Republican. No, no. 
I, I, I'm, I'm a biblican. Who, whoever lines up with the Bible, a biblican or a bib, biblocrat, whatever you want to call it, whoever lines up with the scriptures, that's who I'm for. If you line up with the Bible, hey, you got my vote. You got my vote. It just so happens that you know, we know that God doesn't have a party, but the devil certainly does. He certainly found a home. He certainly found a nest, and it's in the Democrat Party. So that's why I, that's why I have no problem calling out the, uh, the Democrats because they have rejected God and embraced. They, are, they will rail. We have to slaughter the unborn. It's a woman's right to slaughter the child within her. What? Just insanity. That they, and if you look at our, our state, if you look at our cities, that they, 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 they exploit the poverty Leanne and I went, went for dinner when she picked me up uh, on Monday night coming home from Hawaii downtown. And it, it, it is a mess. It is a mess. And so the federal government will write checks to send to these cities that are a mess because the federal government says, oh, what do you need to fix this mess? Oh, we need, we need money. So... You know, I know that um, Governor Newsom gets, got $560 million to deal with homelessness. How many of those dollars do you reckon went to the homeless? But they're all, they're all incredibly rich. One of, one of the relatives of Pelosi got, I think it was like something like 20-something million dollars to do an, an impact survey of homelessness on, I mean, I could have done it for one million. Yeah. <laughs> Give me one million dollars and I'll do an impact survey on homelessness on, it's bad, really bad. <laughs> negative. It has negative impacts. Not good. The opposite of well-being. <laughs> I mean, so, 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 so they... Why, why, why would they clean it up? They're getting money. They're getting rich. They're, they're able to go to French laundry while everyone else is shut down, while everyone else is not allowed to, to meet indoors and not go out to dine and wearing masks. They're able to have sit all, all around. And, and just, just, the, the food, uh, just the wine bill that night was $11,000. Just, just, just the, the, the best bottles of wine. Why, 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 why would I fix the, the poverty when it gets us money? They exploit the poor. And if you think that's a new thing, it's all the way through the scriptures. It's all the way through the scriptures. So we've got to discern the spirits and we've got to be wise. The reason I'm voting for Larry Elder isn't because he once walked on water isn't because he's so holy that any fly that lands on him just dies. I'm voting for him because he's got a track record in California of standing up for truth, standing up for righteousness. He was the first to call out Black Lives Matter for its, its agenda and wickedness. When the left come after him and call him the black face of white supremacy, when he created them or uh, put the movie together, Uncle Tom, calling out the lies of the incredible. 
he has he has the greatest chance of winning and breaking the grip. Tremino and all of those guys, God bless them. But let them, there's going to be a 2024, there's going to be a 2028, there's going to be a, you know, a 2026 and a 2030 and a 2034. Let's line them all up. Let's get them, let's get them running for mayors here and governors here and, 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 and do something. You know, you, we, we go from zero to hero. We have, a, we have a savior mentality. We want one man to come in and clean it all up like Jesus did, like Moses did. Meanwhile, the wicked, they have a long-term plan. George Soros looks and he sees, oh my gosh, I can, I, can, I can buy this seat and I can create a stronghold so that no one can vote out AOC. Nobody, nobody voted for it. She doesn't even live in that district, but I can, she can be a voice that will always vote for my agenda because I pay for her seat. Rashida Tlaib, same thing. Ilhan Omar, same thing. They are bought seats. The people vote against it, but they've got it. They've got it. It's a stronghold. They've got all the corruption, voter fraud around it to make sure that these voices are elevated voices of anti-America, anti-First and Second Amendment, anti-liberty, anti-freedom, anti-Constitution, anti-American exceptionalism. And they, are, they, are, they have a long-term plan. They just take one at a time, one at a time. Do you know Seth Keschel, who is a, a retired army intelligence officer, one of the best, he's, he's like a numbers guy. Details. Found, he did, a, he did a, a, an audit of all 50 states, found that there was, in every single Democrat-dominated area in America, voter fraud in every single state. That's because for them, it's a long game. For them, it's a long game. Hey, we'll just, we'll, we've got this county. Then all we've got to do is now get, get one of these people to run in that county. Bam, now we can flip that county. And then we get, flip that. We just want one savior. We just want one man to come in like a wrecking ball and clean it all up so that we don't have to worry about it. You clean it up. Did you know that it was the children of Israel that said to Samuel, we want a king like all the other nations? And Samuel's like, you, you, you. God, God, your king. No, no, no. We, we want a king. Watch this. We want a king who will fight our battles for us. Donald Trump was anointed as a savior of America. And I say that intentionally knowing that it's going to... You can't call him a God continually anoints people to save their generation. Gideon saved it. Jephthah saved it. Samson saved it. Deborah saved it. God continually anoints David. God continually, Moses. God continually, Elijah. God continually anoints people to be a savior to their generation. The problem with the church is we're like, there you go, President Trump. You do all the heavy lifting while we... So God intentionally now has allowed wickedness to come into our land, occupy places of authority, because God is waiting for you and I to recognize, hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Our constitution is we the people. Those who govern, govern at the consent of the governed. That we, we elect you and we can unelect you. We can deselect you. We can recall you. We can. God is God is causing an awakening amongst the saints, but we got to be wise. Somebody say Amen.
<clears throat> All right, just in the few minutes left. The, the next thing that, that God has called us to be is God has called us to lead by example. I think if we're going to be a, a, an awakened church, we've got to be awakened ourselves. I found that the, the, there is no substitute from leading by example. I, I, feel, I feel both pressure and delight in my marriage because I feel that I need to lead by example. The people are looking at the way that I love my Liani, the way that I lead my Liani, that, that she is a product of my husbandry that everybody is looking at. I wish, I wish sometimes that I didn't live in a fishbowl. It would be easier. But, but that's, that's, that comes with the territory. What comes with the territory, what comes with the, the privilege of being, you know, lead pastor over Awaken is the responsibility that people are looking at my life. You know, no matter where we go, uh, whether I'm sitting on a plane, people recognize us, whether we're out at dinner, whether we're at coffee, people recognize us, people that I don't know. Everywhere we go, people recognize us and they're watching us. And so it's kind of, it's a little bit of pressure. But, but I, rec I recognize that that even though I'm a Christian and even though I'm a leader and even though I preach, I never, I never get to have a break from or respite from character development. From character development. Character is who you are when nobody's looking. May I just say to you, character is who you are when you think nobody's looking. Because <laughs> somebody's always looking. In, in Exodus chapter 4, there's a beautiful story where, where Moses like, hang on, hang on, God, you know, you, all, all of chapter 3, you went on and on and on about how you're going to deliver Israel from Egypt. You're done with the oppression of Pharaoh, and you're going to come down and deliver them, and you want to send me. You want to send them. Who am I? And God says, what's that in your hand? He says, a staff. He says, throw it down. <laughs> turns into a serpent. Moses runs from him. He says, go and pick it up. <laughs> Picks it up, turns into a serpent again. And he's like, man, that's a cool trick. He says, now take your hand and put it into your, into your shirt on your chest. He says, now pull it out. <sighs> and it became leprous. And God says, put it back in. So he puts it back in. He pulls it out. And it become like brand new skin. And God said, it'll come to pass if they don't believe the first sign, they'll believe the second sign. The first sign was authority over the devil. He threw down the rod and it became a serpent. And God says, grab it by the tail. <laughs> Grabs it by the tail. <laughs> it becomes a staff in his hand again. Our, our church miracles, our church breakthrough, our church healings, our church deliverance, our church financial breakthroughs, prosperity, people blessed, like just miracles, external miracles. But you, you'll find that, that, that what works externally is also meant to work internally. I'm not just called to, to, to be a Christian when I'm on the platform, a Christian when I'm on the stage. And God says, put your hand in your shirt. In fact, the Bible says bosom. He says, and when you pull it out, he sees leprosy because God was showing Moses, when I look beneath your clothing, you may have covering, but I see the condition of your heart. And he says, now put it back in there and pull it out. And he's saying the same power that defeats the devil is the same power that sanctifies what is sinful, what is dysfunctional, and what is broken. On the inside of you. Elijah called fire down from heaven. Then he climbs back up to Mount Carmel and he brings an end to the drought, rain everywhere. He can call down fire and he can bring an end to a drought, clouds, rain because of his prayer. But then in his private time, in his private life, 
He has angels that come and cook for him. He has angels that come and bring water and bake cakes for him because the journey ahead of him is too great. No one's looking. When no one's looking, he's down by the brook Cherith and, and ravens are bringing him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And then when that dries up, the word of the Lord comes to him and says, Arise, go to Zarephath. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. It's God in, in his private. The God that you and I serve is not just a God of public exploits. He's not just a God of awakened headlines. He's not just a God of external miracles. He's also the God who is with you in your quiet. He's also the God that is with you in your darkness. He's also the God that is with you in your valleys. He's also the God who is with you in your bedroom. He's the God who is with you when nobody is looking. And the same power that works out there is the same power that works in here. And this is what I've discovered. If God is going to elevate our power out there, that the greater the platform, I, I must make sure that the greater the platforms that God calls me to, I've got to, I've got to make sure that, that I'm balancing it by the greater the character, by the greater the depth, by the greater the heart, by the greater the, the sanctification of things and dysfunctions on the inside. The God of the external is also the God of the internal. The God of the macro is the God of the micro. I've got a few other points, but we've run out of time. So come on, why don't you stand to your feet? Lift your hands high to heaven. Come on, if, if, how many people know God's called us to be awakened? Father, I thank you that we're a church of voice and hearing, voice and hearing. And I just want to just honor you, honor you today for, for being unafraid and unashamed to speak with your voice, to speak with your voice, to stand up for truth, to stand up for righteousness. And you will find in this current culture, there's an empowering of the mob spirit. That's what the devil does all the time. One third of the angels were swept up with him. Nasty, bitter, accusing, maligning, slandering, vilifying. We had dinner a couple of weeks ago with uh, Carrie Prejean, who many years ago ran for Miss USA and would have won, but became runner-up because she... When she was asked a question on, do you believe that a man and a man and a woman and a woman can get married? By a guy called Perez Hilton, who was a very, very gay activist. And he asked very, very kind. And she says, well, the way I was raised, marriage is between a man and a woman. He called her an effing C. He beep, beep, like just lost his ish. So, well, hang on. I thought you were asking her opinion. She gave it. Oh, you had a predetermined. She was meant to answer. And because she didn't answer that narrative, they gave the crown to somebody else. But she has refused to back down. And she, she travels everywhere and she's, a, you know, she's a, just a, a really beautiful, married. Her, her husband used to be a quarterback for a number of football teams, the Ravens and a few other places. And uh, beautiful kids, beautiful family. Leanne was on her social media and said, oh my, the height the hate, you're an effing this, and your husband's a washed up loot. The, the, that's, how, that's how the wicked respond. When, 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 when we go on one of, the, you know, one of their posts, we, we, and we talk about substance. You know, we, we talk about issue. We, we argue, they immediately come out. You know what spirit they're of. You know, Satan accuses God of being unjust. It's not just in Genesis. You know, in Genesis, has God really, God knows the day, like you can't trust God. He does the same thing in Job. 
in the book of Job, he says, does, does Job fear God for nothing? You've put a hedge of protection around him. You've discriminated against everybody else. You're not egalitarian. You're not an equality God. You're not a fair God. You favor him over this guy. And he's like, yeah, hello. Have you seen my servant Job? He fears God, shuns evil, walks uprightly before me. In the earth, there's nobody like him. No wonder he walks in blessing after blessing. Look at the way he lives. Does Job fear God? For the, the, what are you saying? That, that God is unfair? That God is un, That wickedness is in God? That's the devil. And if he, can, if he can try and make people think that God is, then you and I, we're not of that spirit. We're not of that spirit. So come on, one more time. Lift your hands high to heaven. Father, I thank you right now for the hand of God on these beautiful people. And I want you to know the same power. God has given you the same power that works to heal the sick, to, to, to heal cancer, to shrivel up and shrink tumors. The same, the same miracle power that gets homes when you shouldn't have got a home, that gets loans when you should, that, that gets financial breakthrough, that sees the miraculous, that sees the breakthrough, is the same power that works in your heart, is the same power that breaks strongholds, that breaks generational curses, that breaks generational dysfunctions, that, that, that breaks generational iniquity. David said, I was brought forth in iniquity. I thank you, Father, for the power that works external, working internal. Father, let us always understand that as you elevate us, that we have the responsibility of making sure that we allow your word and your truth and your spirit to have even greater penetration and greater access to the deepest parts of our heart. Father, let us hide no sin or iniquity from you. But Father, let us bring it all before you that you may heal and deal in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Come on. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.